We don't choose our earliest habits. We imitate them. We imitate the habits of three groups, the close friends and family, the many, the tribe and the powerful, those with status prestige. This comes from Atomic Habits by James Clear. And there's one aspect of where our habits come from that just threw me for a loop the first time I read it. And it continues to rear its ugly head over and over in pop culture and the news and whatsoever. We're talking about the many of the tribe, where our habits come from. And there's a statement in there that says we'd rather be wrong with the crowd than right by ourselves. I find that appalling because what we should be achieving for our never ending pursuit of continuous improvement and bettering ourselves is what the truth is and what is right. We shouldn't be dependent on a group or feel ousted for our own personal views. I think there's a new wave of independent thinkers that are coming about and challenging the status quo and Really, I like uh, Michio Kaku's quote with regards to this, saying that truth is uncovered through the debate of untruths. And the only way to achieve that is to have communication and respect and listening to understand and not to respond. The reason I'm talking about we'd rather be wrong with the crowd than right by ourselves is because of what went down recently with the presidents of the prestigious or so-called prestigious institutions of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, Harvard University, and the University of Pennsylvania, two of which are Ivy League schools. And what was so odd in the testimony of these three presidents before Congress was when Representative Elise Stefanik specifically asked each of them independently as they testified independently and not as a group, does calling for the genocide of Jews constitute bullying or harassment? The president of MIT stated, in quotes, it can be, depending on the context. President of University of Pennsylvania, it is context dependent. President of Harvard, it depends on the context. That appears to me as tribal group think. Maybe they all consulted with the same law firm or PR firm or whoever. But it was just so odd that when I think of these institutions, objectively, if you're someone has a degree from one of these institutions, you think it carries a little extra weight behind it, a little more credibility than maybe the average institution here in the United States or even globally. And you expect there to be some sort of environment for independent thoughts, for speaking your mind, for doing what's right, what's morally right, and taking this as a moment of these presidents to stand up and speak on behalf of their institutions of which they represent the right answer. And the clear answer, I think objectively. Now I like to look at both sides of an argument and understand, you know, with as much empathy as possible, or I can the position that these individuals in. So we think about these presidents of universities, they're representing the whole institution and that's what comes with it. That's what these individuals wanted. I don't want to go into research of whether or not they're qualified for such position. I'm going to assume that, again, in the most optimistic light that I can, that such intelligent institutions elected the correct person. And then also looking at what it takes to be a university president and what they are responsible for. So like just pulling up University of Pennsylvania, the president leads an institution dedicated to providing educational research and co-curricular opportunities for the students that are enrolled. Uh, the president represents the university to external con con uh, 
constituencies on issues related to Penn, which would, of course, be in this case. Um, then our council and collaboration are sought by leaders from the community, the city, the Commonwealth and the federal government. So there's a representation to uphold the policies, the character and everything else for the institution in the best regard. I don't, again, I don't, it's, it's really tough to go to opinion because again, I, I try to find both sides, but it seems no matter which side of the aisle you sit on or in the middle, all of the publications, whether it's the New York times, wall street journal, MSNBC, Fox news, CNN have all kind of established that their response was incorrect. And as each of them went further, they said they were protecting the rights of free expression and free speech. And that's why just kind of in the, the sense of the sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me old adage. And they kept each of them same kind of playbook. We're reiterating that it does not go to harassment until it relates to conduct. And we'll get into why that's an incorrect statement because they further went on and doubled down on it, stating that it has to be in line with our first amendment rights to free speech here in the constitution of the United States. But let's look at free speech rankings for universities. So if, if we take for what they say for what it's worth, then okay, let's, let's look at free speech rankings and how well they've held up their end of the argument. So if I Google Harvard, oops, Harvard University, apologies, I'm pulling it up. They rank, and if you're listening, apologies, dead last with an abysmal ranking for free speech institutions. This is the fire.org. Not familiar with the organization. However, it has been cited multiple times. and I found it safe to share as a way to be ranked up above it. So Harvard university dead last at 248 is university of Pennsylvania at 247 with a very poor rating. I actually don't know. Here's a surprising one. I'll just say from a biased opinion, I'm a big fan of UT Austin. I live here in Austin, Texas, and I didn't realize it was 239. Now, if I go to MIT, they are 136 with an average ranking. So as far as any of them concerned about protecting free speech rights, they're probably more in line with the actual product that they're putting out there. So Harvard, as well as the other institutions, have attempted to correct what I would deem to be their folly in front of Congress and their statement. So here's Harvard university that tweeted out after statement from president gay. There are some who have confused a right to free expression with the idea that Harvard will condone calls for violence against Jewish students. Let me be clear calls for violence or genocide against the Jewish community or any religious or ethnic group are vile. They have no place at Harvard and those who threaten our Jewish students will be held accountable. Okay. So let's go into what their open expression is. So University of Pennsylvania, the freedom to experiment, to present and examine alternative data and theories, freedom to hear, express and debate various views, and the freedom to voice criticism of existing practices and values are fundamental rights that must be held in practice by university and a free society. 
Absolutely. I would say that with 100%. You go into the guidelines, similar for Harvard, we value free expression, diverse, inclusive community, academic excellence, effective action, full free discourse, and so on and so forth. And then also MIT, freedom of expression is necessary, though not sufficient condition of diverse and inclusive community. We cannot have a truly free community of expression if some perspectives can be heard and others cannot. Learning from diversity of viewpoints and from the deliberation, debate, and dissent that accompany them is an essential ingredient of academic excellence. Fantastic. I think without a doubt, objectively, that is exactly what you want from an institution. You want a collection of ideas. You want to learn. You want to grow. That's where all the money's going. And that is why you want to be at these top institutions. Further, MIT does not protect direct threats, harassment, plagiarism, or other speech that falls outside the boundaries of the First Amendment. Moreover, the time, place, and manner of protected expression, including organized protests, may be restrained so as not to disrupt the essential activities of the Institute. So then we go back. All of them can't be in violation of the First Amendment. Sure, that is what Harvard tweeted out. Again, there are some who have confused a right to free expression or free speech with the idea that Harvard will condone calls. They all kept referencing this is protection of freedom of speech. Well, Adverse to that, here's another website, if the fire, or actually this is the fire rankings, showing that Harvard and University of Pennsylvania are dead last. But there's also a misinterpretation of what the First Amendment states. So this is purely pulled from my constitutional law notes, free speech general rule. The First Amendment provides Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech or of the press. Sure, but the right is not absolute. Unprotected categories cover incitement. Fighting words, defamation, obscenity, incitement, and fighting words. That is what I think are reasonable. You, you always tend to judge a lot of times when you're assessing something in the legal realm with the reasonable person and understanding what would the reasonable person interpret. So when Re- Representative Elise Stefanik said, does calling for the genocide of Jews constitute bullying or harassment? I don't think the average person would say it depends on the context. Now, I'm, of course, drawing my own conclusion, as I would believe to be a reasonable person. But I would say that would be either incitement or fighting words not protected by the First Amendment or uh, freedom of expression in any sense of the matter. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing institutions, Harvard, Penn, MIT, other institutions coming out and stating that 100% it is a violation and does not need to rise to the level of actual conduct. I I don't know what conduct that they were looking for in terms of what could be translated from does calling for the genocide of Jews constitute bullying or harassment. So in an academic sense, if we look at what they stated, it does, it still doesn't match up. It doesn't match up to the actions. If the fire rankings are something that is an objective stance on what freedom of speech means on universities then what they're stating doesn't align. They're protecting certain free speech in some aspects while not in others. I think the the duty is to be consistent and have an obligation to the university to make it the best and safest place for students to learn. And I, I think that's what everybody wants. So this was a specific call out instance that's dependent on exactly what's going on on the global field and how that translates to institutions of higher learning and how these presidents are handling it. Again, I, I don't know the exact criteria for the hiring of a president of a university, and I don't believe that each of them have the tools and capability to speak freely on the behalf of the university. So 
the only conclusion that I could come to with these is that there was some sort of counsel given to each of them because, again, rather be wrong in a group than right independently. The, the What I'm looking at here, President of MIT, again, depend, it can be depending on the context, President of Pennsylvania, uh, University of Pennsylvania, it is context-dependent, President of Harvard, it depends on the context. Don't understand why they're so consistent in their answers. They were repetitive. They all said until it rises into conduct, and they seem to have a game plan going in. Now, a lot of them are, of course, backtracking now. Maybe they outside looking in. We won't actually hear. Um, you can see new statement of Penn, President Liz Miguel. I, I don't think that there was any sort of egregiousness to their actions. That's a personal opinion. I, I just try to find the underlying why. Why did they act in the way they did in their testimonies in response when so much of the majority of the public, so now that you enter the court of public opinion, you get the true kind of feeling of what everybody thinks. And I always go generally with the wisdom of the crowds, which sounds odd because I'm saying that you don't want to be tribal. But when the, the populace is so large that the, and the voice is so loud and the opinion is so common, you tend to derive the correct answer and response, which is when you're being asked the question, does calling for the genocide of Jews constitute bullying or harassment? The answer would be yes. 